0: We've got some Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And I'm I'm Luis. You <laughs> You're listening to the
1: Content is Profit One, two, three, podcast.
0: <laughs> and we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that
1: turns into profit. If you want to turn that content into profit, go to Content Profit.com. What's happening, Fancy? <laughs> I What's
0: happening? I don't know what happened to my voice. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> am I hitting puberty or something? Uh, probably. But, guys, today we have an incredible. Topic, incredible guest. How to create growth momentum without losing your mind. I I love this whole topic on personal growth because one of our favorite quotes is your business grows to the extent that you do. We were actually introduced to that quote about two years ago. And I mean, I can't even say how many times I've repeated that quote. It it is so important. So I think diving into this is going to be... Key. Gucci, Gucci. Yeah, super good. Fonzie, your voice came back. That's Appreciate good. it. Thank you. Hey,
1: um, do we have a sponsor
0: today? Indeed, we do. Thank you so much oh. for asking. Today's sponsor is your own, the Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsor our own episodes. That's right, that's with right. Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content, just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you want to turn it into value-packed bite-sized assets, Ooh, so baby. then you can maximize your effort, send it into social media, and get yourself some new clients. So you can amplify your contribution, not the noise, the contribution. Yeah. Then we want to help you out. Slide into the DMs at Biz Bros. Go yes. on Facebook, on Instagram, on
1: LinkedIn, everywhere. Twitter. Go. <laughs> not Twitter. We're not on Twitter. Anyways, uh, you're in Twitter? Okay, sweet. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button because those episodes drop every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays with incredible golden boulders like we like to call them here on the show. And follow us on social media everywhere. That's right. I'm Ponzi on Twitter. And if you I'm find Ponzi.
0: that this episode impactful, which I am sure you will, the only thing we ask is for you to find someone that needs to hear to today's message and send them this mm. episode. Right? If you believe it's going to help them take one step forward towards their goal, Please send in this episode so they can hear the message and leave a five-star review. Thank you.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Content is Profit podcast, this time with a local entrepreneur. We have been introduced to him many times, which speaks highly of him and his relationships. That is right. His mission is to
0: encourage, educate, and empower others. Actually, he is so committed that he just published the self-help book, Six Practical Ways to never stop growing. That's not an easy feat. Let me tell you, writing a book, I can't even imagine.
1: Not only that, he has been pretty successful himself. He is the host of the Business and Leadership Podcast. He's a Forbes under 30 TEDx speaker and owns the number one meal prep company in the 904, a.k.a. Jacksonville, for four years in a row.
0: That's right. That is impressive. Mm. Please welcome local entrepreneur hero, author of the self-help book and someone you don't want to mess up with because he works out a lot, Jared
2: (laughs) Grebill. Welcome, Jared. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) I mean, let me tell you, let me ask you something. Did they introduce you like this on your CrossFit competition (laughs) last week?
2: No, I don't. I'm pretty upset about
1: it now. <laughs> I know you're gonna have to send the recording and be like, "Hire these guys! Hire these guys!" <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: just play this. Hire these guys. We did, did We just found their new niche: ah, CrossFit uh, intros Corporate in the events. Intros
1: in the events. Oh, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Announcers. Dude, Jared, thank you so much for coming into the show. We are so excited to have you here. Local talent is is it's not often that we bring people from from our own town. We're super proud. Uh, to have you here for everything that you have achieved. Uh, So I just want to say thank you, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Jared, you know, of course, main topic of conversation today is going to be the self-help book. But I'm curious, and I'm sure people that are listening are curious as well, on how do you get to this. Right, because I'm sure you didn't wake up one morning and were like, "Hmm, I'm gonna write the self help book," and you put all this wisdom in here. I'm sure you, you know, you went through a lifetime of lessons, and I would love to know, you know, what is your backstory? What, what have been some of those challenges that taught you what you put in this book?
2: Yeah, great question. I mean, you're right. Writing a book, I think, is somewhat of a life. Well, especially writing a self help book is somewhat of a lifelong journey. Um, but I'll sort of wrap up the long form story to make it as short as possible. When I was a kid, uh, I read a quote by Benjamin Franklin and I'll just paraphrase it. And he basically said, if you want to be someone worth remembering, either do things worth writing about or write things worth reading. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't picture myself being the next like Red Bull athlete jumping out of space or anything. Uh, So I figured I should probably write a book at some point. So since I was a kid, that's always been an ambition. However, I was never a very competent or talented writer. Hmm. Um, you know, throughout English classes, literature classes, I was always a C-minus kind of kid, very mediocre. I liked math. I liked creativity and arts and yep. things like that. Um, so I didn't really get into writing until, you know, maybe th- four or five years ago when a buddy of mine, who I talk about in the book, Alex, inspired me to start writing blogs, which are a lot easier than like writing a book, right, yep. in your mind. And so a couple of years ago, I got asked to uh, lead a, a group at church, like a large group that we had at the church campus on biblical like approach to entrepreneurship. And uh, I wrote a teaching called Taming the Lion. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take this teaching and write a book about it. So I've worked on that for about a year, like on and off, on and off. And I guess you could say I got writer's block. And I'll be honest, I really just didn't have the confidence to finish a book because I thought, like, who am I uh, to write a book? Yep. And so I kept blogging and then about a year and a half ago, I wrote a blog called six ways to never stop growing. And I, I taught it, um, in person at a couple organizations, you know, uh, I did it as like a public speaking opportunity a couple of times hmm. and it was like 10,000 words, way too long to be a blog on my website. My normal blogs are like 1000. And so I thought, you know, I left a lot out and I could, I could, I could finish this up and probably write it in about 20,000 words, which is about a hundred pages. And I thought maybe this could be my first book. Um, And then I could get, you know, my training wheels out underneath me and learn what the publishing process is like. So like December of 2019, I committed to finishing it. And then probably March or April of last year, I finished the manuscript. Nice. And then pursued a publishing agency, uh, worked a deal out with Scribe. And then, um, you know, they went through like three revisions. and, And then here we are.
0: Yes, that's awesome, man. Congrats, congrats. And you know, I think there's a very important lesson in in your story. There's multiple lessons, of course, but the one that stood out to me right now was the fact that you said, I didn't believe myself to be like very competent at first, uh, competent writer, right? But that didn't stop you, right? That didn't stop you from from taking action. And you know, relating it to the content world and what we do and and what the audience, right, listening here is for sometimes we're so afraid to step in front of the camera and share a message because we, we have the same doubt of who am I to actually be talking about this topic when there might be someone out there that might be better suited to, to talk about it, right? And guess yeah. what? It's okay. It's, it's even better. You need to put yourself out there in those uncomfortable situations because that's the only, only way to grow, right? So I, I'm curious, you know, going a little bit farther back, on 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 jared right like how do you get started on the world of per, of personal growth because i'm i mean uh there's some somebody in your family was an entrepreneur um how do you yeah how do you came up into into this world because w- like we said at the beginning personal growth for us is t- directly tied to entrepreneurship right if you want to grow a business like there's no other way you gotta grow personally as yeah. well
2: i agree um So no, to answer your question, nobody in my family was entrepreneurial. Uh, So like I was raised by a single dad and um, we struggled to get by as as a small family. It was me and my brother and my dad for the majority of my upbringing. Mm. And um, so very early on I knew the value of money because I knew that we didn't have it, right? And so like we were the poor kids in the poor neighborhood Mm. uh, where kids even had a pair of Nikes, we were drawing it on our Payless shoes kind of thing, you know? Um. So at an early age, I was really ambitious not to have like grandeur and to be yeah. like a well-known person, but just really to fit in. Yeah. Um, so I became a hustler like early on. And uh, I, I guess I was innately entrepreneurial. I think being an entrepreneur is something that can grow on you given the circumstance later in life. Like you can become an entrepreneur at 50 or you can be born with it. I don't think it necessarily matters which one you are. Uh, and I don't think that indicates whether or not you'll be good or bad. Mm. But mine was just early because it was a need that I had to fit in and then ultimately to kind of afford to keep up with my friends, You know, to be able to do stuff on the weekends, I need yeah. a little bit of cash. And so I remember really like my first hustle was, I was, uh, well, in elementary school I would draw kids because I was really good at drawing. And um, they would pay me for these portraits. And these were relatively good portraits for a 9, 10-year-old to do. Yeah. Um, so I did that for money as a kid. That wasn't something that was consistent that I could count on. Um, so at like 11, uh, in sixth grade, which I was a skateboarder and I was pretty good. And me and these two kids would skateboard to school. And I remember like early on in sixth grade, they were twins. And they were not afraid of anything. They would <laughs> go into the store and steal like a bag of lollipops. And then I would sell it at school. <laughs> Um, and we turn this free bag of lollipops into 30 bucks. I'd share the money with them. And then eventually I stopped doing that with them because I didn't need to steal. Um, and because I didn't like to steal and they were good at it. So eventually I just used my cash to buy the lollipops, to bring to school, to sell to school. And eventually I got in trouble for that because you can't really, uh, leverage, uh, break time for capitalism in the sixth and seventh grade. But, I also started smoking pot in sixth grade. Mm. And so, um, very quickly because I could see the how the exchange works, like, like arbitrage in general. Um, I recognized that I could buy 20 bucks worth and I could sell 20 bucks worth and then still have some leftover for myself. And I began to do that until it was $50 and a hundred dollars. And then I realized I could make money, keep some and sell it. And so I started doing that at 11 and, um, I continued to do that until I was 17, and wow. uh, eventually, like most people that break the law and sell drugs, uh, I got caught. And so, um, the end of my senior year, I got caught, I got charged as an adult, and I, I spent the summer after my senior year in jail. And so, that's kind of uh, how that transpired, but yeah, that's that's my early entrepreneurial yeah. journey, and uh, that's kind of you know what brought me ultimately here, I yeah. guess you could say.
0: Wow, man! Th- thank you for opening up and and sharing that story. I personally didn't didn't know that side of your story, man. And you know, like I feel like we've talked about it before here in the podcast. How a lot of entrepreneurship is born from from need, right? It's either need, and some people start up by greed sometimes. And during the journey, it might change, right? Like that that shift that that goal that people have right now you want to impact others and and help them grow right obviously the goal has changed massively but i can't even imagine what it would be to spend your last summer after school in jail right and what what that did to you probably at a psychological level like thinking about your own life your own decisions and and moving forward past that
1: yeah, I will, Jared Boy. Again, thank you for sharing that story. You know, it's not often where we see like real honest, uh, you know, stories uh, out here, especially at that level. Um, and and I want to highlight something at the con- at the content and story type of deal because most people that are starting their publishing journeys, right, might be really scared to share stories like that. For example, right, like um, you know, we've shared. We come from Venezuela. We share a couple of those stories. I personally. Uh, we were never really involved in activities like that just because of the environment that we grew up in but we had other stories like being kidnapped for example like that's one of the ones right that it might not be easy to kind of start sharing because we don't understand really the value that could potentially bring to people that might follow us so i appreciate you sharing that story and i want everybody listening to take note to again we we don't we tend not to share the was it the the wounds we te- we we share the scars right so I'm I'm sure there's a process with you that you went through and and you grew and you evolved and, and now you are very confident that with that story you can inspire so many others that, that are coming after you so I I just wanted to say thank you for for sharing that piece of information
0: yeah you know yeah. I, yeah. I want to dive in a little bit into into the book right I, I have a little notes that I took in here. It did make make me reflect. I love the fact that you have like worksheets in there after every chapter is sit down and do the work. I love that because self-growth, it is a lot of it is looking at yourself and being honest with yourself and spending the time with yourself to grow. So my first question for you uh, in regards to the book is when did you discover that you needed to spend time with yourself and that get, when did you gain that level of awareness, right? That made you transition to, I I need to work more Mm -hmm. on me personally.
2: I guess I'm kind of lucky. I mean, I remember getting like a diary maybe for Christmas or something when I was probably 10. Mm. Um, And so I would, I wrote in my diary or my journal, whatever you want to call it often as a kid and what i was writing about then is my struggles the girls that i'm thinking about and want to get better at kickflips or something you know very basic stuff um but from an early on i didn't know that i was working on self-awareness and stuff but i was just writing about my day to day Mm -hmm. and i had done that uh for a long time and it's something that faded away into high school because high school wasn't about self-awareness it was really more about fitting in and getting girls to like you and just getting to college um so really, the, one of the most pivotal experiences in my life that made me pursue self growth was going to jail, um, mm. because I was so selfish in high school. I had a chip on my shoulder because I was the poor kid, and like, why do I have to be poor and all of my friends are rich? And and da 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 da. Uh, and because of that, I had these ambitions that got me in trouble. And so when I got in jail, I got a real dose of reality because jail is not like the movies. Uh, and just to clarify i wasn't in prison county jail is different than prison i would argue that it's worse but that's because you're not supposed to be there for a long time um so you know we ate about a thousand calories a day you ate at 4 a.m 1 p.m and 5 p.m you're underneath like yellow lights 23 hours out of the day even when you go to sleep all they do is dim the lights like it's miserable Wow. Um, you're just in this block 24 hours a day and if you get in trouble you're locked down in your room and it is absolutely miserable and so the freedoms that I took for granted prior to that, I realized that I was in jail. It was a big wake-up call. So I not only realized how much I actually had prior, but I found God in jail. And going into jail, I was an atheist. And when I say I was an atheist, I wasn't like a smart one. I couldn't argue with a Christian, you know, about the, the existence of you know, a creator. Yeah. I just chose not to believe for myself because I had this chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and it's a whole other story, but through, you know, really a divine encounter Um, I came to know God and to know Jesus in county jail. But in addition to that, I had also gotten into fitness prior to going to jail because I had to quit smoking weed right before. So I didn't know what else to do with my time, but I got invited to the gym and I started going. going. And the gym is really what introduced me to continual self-growth. Because you go on Monday and you do chest and then you do back on Tuesday. And so it was this really like measurable consistent form of getting better every day. It was like, all right, well, my bench press is a hundred pounds today. I want to be 110 by next month, 120. And then it was 150, and 170. Mm-hmm. And so exercising and just, I want to look this way. I want to have abs. I want to have this size back, arms. It was this measurable increase. And so when I went to jail, somebody inspired me to become a trainer, which they basically were just like, when you get out of here, you should be a personal trainer. And I had no <laughs> idea what that was. Yeah. And so I got out of jail. Obviously, I was a Christian at this time too. So the idea of trying to be a better human along the way was like central. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I'm interested in the fitness industry and I'm on house arrest. So when I got out of jail, I was on house arrest for two years. And I I wouldn't have called it a self-growth journey, but it was a journey of getting back on my feet and ahead of the curve. And so I was working full time. I was going to college full time. I was studying to be a personal trainer. And I was exercising five days a week, like in my backyard, in my shed, because I couldn't leave my house. Hmm. And so it was like, I had all these markers. I want to be more fit. Yeah. I want to get my education. I want to make enough money to survive, because I have all these debts now because of court fees and lawyer costs and stuff. Um, so it wasn't necessarily, these were goals that I set. These were things that I absolutely had to do. And so two years goes by and I finish all this stuff. And then I have just... This way that I think, this way that I live, this way that I manage my money, and then I started pursuing. You know, obviously in the fitness industry, it was sales manager, general manager, area manager. Money wise, it was X amount, X amount, X amount, and so that just became a part of my my life because it was such an ingrained habit from when I got out of jail.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. Like, uh, I, I wrote a couple of things here, right? Like measurable process, uh, finding your markers, right? Those are two things that you mentioned in there that in the life of an entrepreneur maybe there's somebody that wants to you know kind of move forward in anything that they do in life and in the interview that we had earlier today with andre we kind of talked about this right the the containers and how how can we execute on that and then reflect on what happens and Fonzie often mentions the ideal process of creating something right like either a piece of content idea a process right and is reflecting on that and then going back to the prototype And then execute and then going back at it. Right. So, what you, what I see and what I kind of distill from the story that you just told is that you created those markers based on the situation that you had at the time with certain goals. Right. And you were like consistently measuring it. Right. And and I think a lot of people, because I don't know if it's the distractions that happen all around us, that process never happens. Like, you were put in an environment where you had to, these are your you know, five, three things that that you could potentially keep an eye on because there's no other distractions outside. So you got extremely focused, right? So with that in mind, how, how can people today, right? Like with everything happening around either life in general, uh, the business, the family, different things around that could potentially deviate us a little bit from staying focused. How can people stay focused today while they find their markers and start to measure this, this progress?
2: I think one of the most practical ways to stay focused is to journal every day. Um, And people count this out because it's too easy. It's like, that's too easy. I need a harder task to stay focused. And it's like, no, no, no. Journaling for five to 10 minutes every day and reflecting on how yesterday went and on what you want to get done today and who you are, maybe reading through what your personal values are, what's your goal today, what's your long-term goal just reading those things on a regular basis keeps you grounded because the most important thing is staying focused on yourself. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I had early six, we can call it success early on. I don't know if you can call house arrest success, but like when I was getting out of jail on house arrest, working two jobs, going to school, studying to be a trainer, I was laser focused on digging myself out of a hole. Yeah. Back was against the wall because if I didn't pay these fines, then I go back to jail. And if I don't go to school, then I won't have a career. And I'm at the, during that period of time, I was a convicted felon. Now, when I get off, now I'm not. You know, I, I got all that stuff expunged. But my back was against the wall. I was literally counted out. So we live in a world now where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. No matter what social media platform you're on, you're going to get discouraged because your best day is nothing compared to somebody else's on social medias because that's all you're seeing. And so yeah. back then, yes, there was still Facebook back then and I think maybe MySpace, um, but I didn't have time to compare myself and nobody was comparing themselves to me. So like, <laughs> I, I only had up. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that was fortunate for me, but a lot of people hopefully aren't in that situation. And so the only way to really work on growing yourself personally every single day is by focusing on yourself. Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is by just like grounding yourself in self-awareness through the easy, consistent process of journaling. That's it for me. I mean, that's the most simple approach to it. Ooh,
0: that's awesome. That, that's a great advice. And I know you in the book, you talk a lot about about journaling until You mentioned it a few times. I can see why, right? I mean, you... Yeah. When I see your your profile, your Instagram, right, when I see you, you are focused, doing your thing. I think the few times I've seen you uh, at the coffee shop, right, at night, you are sitting down doing some of your work. And I ask you, I was like, oh, do you come here often? And you're like, yeah, this is my place to disconnect and focus yeah. on on me, right? And I was like, well, that is really cool that you have even your own environment and just so you know, I think we're gonna we might start using that house arrest success uh, term. Yeah. So when people are extremely focused, we're gonna be like, "Hmm, house arrest success." Um, or you, don't worry, we we're gonna give you a tribute and everything for, <laughs> for that. Yeah, and you know something that resonated with me a little bit farther back in your story was the fact that you you said you had a chip on your shoulder, right? The fact that you were Kinda of blaming others but it's like, oh, I'm poor, they're they got money, like they have the opportunities. There's clearly a shift in there of locus of control, right? And for those that, that are not familiar with what locus of control is, is when pretty much you own one hundred percent of responsibility. That's when you have an internal locus of control that you believe that you can actually make a change and that you're responsible for what happens to you. And when you have an external locus of control is when you're putting blame, blames in, in other people, right? And we don't actually own our reality. So, I mean, clearly now you're a person with internal locus of control. And I feel this is a trait that you find in, in people that are invested in their own personal growth. This is something that you see. How can somebody that find themselves blaming others for what's happening in their life, how can they work on themselves The answer might be journaling to start, (laughs) you know, to switch that, switch that perspective on instead of blaming others, asking themselves, "Okay, why am I in this situation? What did I do to put myself here and how can I move forward?
2: Yeah, well, you know, having a strong internal locus of control is super important. And there are external factors that, you know, can uh, affect our lives today or our lives in 10 years. They can certainly get in the way of our goals. Um, but you can't really harbor on external factors cause you don't have any control over them. Yeah. And so my, my thing would be by setting big audacious goals. Mm-hmm. And so the reason for that is because if you get laser focused on a big, you know, Jim Collins, he's an author, he would say big, hairy, audacious goal, hag. If you get laser focused on a BHAG, um, and then you reverse engineer that, that big, hairy, audacious goal into the steps that it takes to reach it. You don't really have time to focus on other people. And you'll see very quickly that if you continue to blame other people and other things and other circumstances on you not reaching your mile marker goals to get to that big thing, you'll never even get to the mile marker. And by experiencing that level of pain over and over and over again of saying, dang, I didn't reach my goal because of this person. Dang, I didn't reach my goal because of this other person. Eventually, hopefully, your eyes will be open to the fact that despite what other people do, it is your responsibility for creating the life that you want to live by reaching these particular goals. Right. Yeah. And so for some people, the goal might to be to be a, a great parent. Now, if you don't take personal responsibility over the circumstances in your life and you blame other things on parenthood, you're going to have a very hard time because <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff is happening every single day in the world. Yep. If yeah. Your goal is to become a successful business mogul. Same thing applies, right? Cause there are, There are circumstances in the marketplace. The economy changes every single day. You have last year, for example, right? Everything changed last year. And so whether it's big business, whether it's being a good spouse or a good mom, you have to set these big goals and reverse engineer it. And then just realize that you are in total control of that. Now, of course, as Christians, we believe that God is in total control, but he also gives us free will. So that's this weird nuanced reality. But at the end of the day... You got to work hard to accomplish yep. the things that you want to do, yeah. and the only way you're going to do that is by setting realistic goals.
1: Yeah, Absolutely, I love it. Um, Yeah, let me tell you. Like, I, I we've we've interacted with you once or twice. Like, I, I personally interacted with you. I think a couple of times. I, I don't go to the coffee shop like Fonzie does, but um <laughs> I, I'm pretty impressed and honored to 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 also listen from from people that have worked with you. And like, you know, we. And as a leader, like that's so important too, to, to have your crew, to have the people that, that you can count on to do the business. Right. And in just this past year, uh, I, the last two years have been like heavily invested in for us in coaching in the guidance in in people that can really you know pull us up and and holding or holding hands to to try things out and do the process and hey sometimes you know smack our face and be like wake up and you know m- move forward. So, what has been some of the after that stage, and uh, what what was your process on? on investing in coaching and investing in mentors in was that a process for you? Like, how was that evolution to get to the point that you are now with very successful companies, um, you know, behind your back and the book published and, and all the success that you're having.
2: Do you mean like what's my process with with people coaching and mentoring me?
1: Yeah. Or have you like, have you, have you, yeah. What was your process through your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey? I think
0: kind of like have you find yourself in an, in an environment where you are seeking for for some sort of mentorship, right, that you bring into yeah. your life.
2: I would say that I'm always looking for mentorship. However, I haven't had the best luck in that area. Um, and I don't know, you know, because what I do or what I've built, right, if, we're, if we talk about like Superfit Foods, for example, mm. being a fully customizable subscription-based e-commerce driven healthy food company, There's nothing like that in existence. There's some other food companies out there, but they're based out of Jersey or California, and they're meal kits, and they're just different. And so I've never met somebody that I can call on to say, hey, we're dealing with this circumstance, can you you offer me some advice? Um, I'm a Christian, right? And so, of course, I look for leadership in that area, but there's not a lot of Christian guys that are this far along in business that are as fascinated about the fitness industry as I am. And so that's also been very difficult for me too. And I might just be on my soapbox, but I am always looking for different forms of leadership and mentorship. And I've gotten lucky. I have a couple guys in my world uh, that are my close friends and stuff, but that doesn't mean I don't continue to pursue it. I just read a lot of books because I do know young people that wait for their mentor, right? And they're waiting for someone to pour into them and, and encourage them and educate them on the process. And I'm not a waiter, (laughs) and um and so that that it might be pride in me that's made it difficult for me to have a consistent coach or mentor or anything like that but i am someone that's like if i want to know something today i'm googling it i'm buying the book i'm reading the article i'm staying up late and i'm yeah and i'm I'm taking notes i'm waking up early and i'm studying before work after work that's just how i am same thing with my with my christian experience too like I just just read the Bible, right? I don't just go to church. I'm reading the Bible every day. Yeah. My mentorship has honestly came from literature, um, from even reading memoirs and biographies on, you know, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Like I know everything about these people. Cause I'm, I want them to be my mentors and yeah. I certainly can't afford them. So yeah. that's, that's what I do. That's the yes, I
1: Dude, I, I love it because you said something there key, like you take action, right? Like, and, and, uh, you know, we, we're foreign, we're from Venezuela and we've heard many times that people that come in here into this country normally tend to be hard workers, right? Because, you know, maybe it's a perspective on, There were countries or the situations that they've lived in. And, you know, with your story and your background, you lived through a very tough situation, right, Uh, when you were growing up from, from your childhood to, you know, your adolescence to then the house arrest. And then all this framework in the back, in your mind, you created this environment too, where it's like, I need to take action. I need to, you know, I I don't take, you know, anything from anybody. This is my focus. This is my goal. Right. And that's very admirable. Um, and there's some people out there that might need a little extra push out there. But one, the one thing that I take from that is like, there's, there's no excuses, right? There's so much information out there uh, that we can consume. And if we take action, things are going to happen. We're going to move forward. Uh, you're the proof of it. So, you know, thank you for the reminder. I think, you know, a reminder for us, a reminder for everybody listening too, uh, that there's always a way, right? Like we have to believe that we can create that that change, that positive change to go out and execute. Um, and there's no excuse. Yeah. Did, did, did this just opened up a little bit, another question in my mind, right? Because
0: what you're explaining, I, I love reading too, right? I love digging into books, especially if I want to learn like a new topic, I'm like, okay, let me grab the books about that topic and just dive into those. And I think that is a trait that especially entrepreneurs have, which is that intellectual curiosity, right? Is it, like, I don't want to wait. Let me just go and find out the information. How can people cultivate that? Right. Because especially nowadays where we live in, in the, in this world, this fast paced information world, uh, dopamine everywhere, right attention spam of like eight seconds intellectual curiosity it does take time and effort to sit down and read through an entire book without your mind wandering in other places right and I know part of the answer might be you need to want it bad enough right do you actually want what you're doing but what do you think could be a way for people to start cultivating that intellectual curiosity
2: Well, this is a practice that sometimes I have to do myself. And again, this comes back to it would help to have a journal, but is sitting for a moment and thinking about what will my life look like Mm. in five, ten years if I continue to do nothing about the things that I want to accomplish and literally thinking about that. um, For example, I used to smoke cigarettes like I started at age 11. It kind of came with the weed smoking and skateboarding territory. Yeah. And granted, this is 20 years ago too. So people like everyone smoked cigarettes. <laughs> um, and I smoked until I was 19. And that was when I wanted to pursue becoming a personal trainer. And I thought nobody's going to hire a trainer that smokes cigarettes. That was just my thought. Yeah. That was an accident. There was a bunch of trainers that smoke. But that was my thought. But I was addicted physically to smoking cigarettes. But I had to hate the idea of being an unemployed cigarette smoker, smoker more Than the idea that I liked about being a personal trainer. Like I literally had to learn to hate what the future might look like if I don't quit this habit. Yeah. And I think not taking action is a bad habit. Yeah. And so best way to start is just to imagine what would my life look like in 5, 10, 20 years if I continue to not work towards my goals. And literally manifest that. And then you got to hate it. You got to hate it. What would my life look like if I continue to be broke? What would my life look like if I continue to skim by? What would my life look like if I continue to rely on everybody else to get by, my parents, my spouse, my friends, whatever? Or what would the latter look like? And so you gotta learn to hate what the you know the former might look like. Yeah. And then taking action is really about baby steps. People get themselves so hung up on. I know I said set big goals, but you have to reverse engineer it to the minute yeah. details. Yeah. Of what does the first step look like to making a million dollars? It's saving $5 this week. You know, like yep. it's it's baby steps. It's compound interest on small actions and that's what creates habits. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's, that's where I would start in creating disciplines. Now, something I talk about with reading because I think reading is like one of the major elements to self-growth is start with a book that you know for sure you will like. And let's say you want to build a great big business, but you've tried to open up a business book and you couldn't do it. Don't try to do that. Not for now. Put that on the back burner. Read a freaking Harry Potter book if that's how you start. You know what I'm saying? Like get in the habit of flipping open a a hardcover, reading physical pages. Do that two, three times. Pick that business book back up and see how you do. Yeah. If you're not there yet, put it back away. Find another frigging Dr. Seuss book. Like, I don't care what it is, but you got to get in the habit yeah. of opening up a book and telling yourself, I do read books. I can read books because people always say, oh, I'm just not a book reader. Mm-hmm. No, you just don't like reading the books that I read. That doesn't make you not. Everyone's a book reader. Yeah, like it's, We've been literally writing and reading <laughs> books since we could write and read. So it's yeah. you know, prehistoric time. So it's like. Maybe they were written on cave walls and stuff. <laughs> you yeah. been doing this for a long time. And so start with a book you know you'll like and then get your reps in. Just like exercise, right? You may not want to be a bodybuilder or a crossfitter like me, but try running. You don't like it? Try riding a bike. You don't like it? Go play volleyball with your friends. There's another way to get involved in exercise yeah. without having to be the next fit queen or bodybuilder. You know? <laughs> yeah, So absolutely. You got you to gotta find your way.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, I love that. And I, I wrote down here this 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 framework that I heard from Jeff Bezos, which was when people would ask him a question about, do you want to do this? The first thing that he asked himself is, am I going to regret it when I'm 80 years old if I don't do it? Right. And if the answer is yes, he's like, okay, let's do it. If the answer is no, I'm not going to regret it. He's like, maybe I'm not going to put my, my attention in here. And it comes yeah. back to you know, that painting that clear future on what you want to be. So, I, I, I love that. I think that's a great yeah. technique. Definitely an exercise that I, I believe, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that people can do while well journaling too, right? Just put those yeah. ideas down and write them down. Definitely think it's going to help people move forward. And I love the what you're talking about and this is just to illustrate, illustrate it for people, but the marginal gains, right? That compound interest of doing the small things, right, on a consistent basis. Because it can happen the same exact thing if you do the wrong thing on a consistent basis. Yeah. That compound in, interest line is just going to go down instead of uh, of up. So yeah. so important. Like I, Break down your goals, baby steps, and then take action consistently.
1: I, I love how how you also express that removing the friction side of things, right? That on our end with publishing, we've always, we shared the story with the first time that we attempted to start the show uh, yeah. about two years ago, right? Where we recorded five episodes and we had two different cameras and the lights and we had to build the set before we even recorded and that took like 45 minutes and it was like so much friction, right? And then later we're like, you know, screw this, we're just gonna go Facebook Live because it's the least, is the baby step, right? It's before I can actually establish what am I gonna say on the show, how am I gonna talk to, what stories am I gonna tell? Like we remove all the friction to publish and that was yeah. the answer for us, right? Like a lot of people now that we have in a challenge, which is great. But then from there, it's like, okay, you know, from this Facebook video, then then what? And then we started adding these little pieces. So the process that you explained with the book, I can relate a hundred, a thousand, a thousand percent because I'm that guy, right? You know, Fonzie will devour books, right? To me, I have to listen to them because, you know, for me, I I would t- I would say, this is a story that's in my head. I'll say, I'm a slow <laughs> reader. That needs to change. So this conversation with you... Is helping me assimilate and understand that. But at the same time, I also found a solution for me that works because I got to walk the dogs. I have two Huskies and they need exercise, right? So I listen to it, right? Or be with the baby and walk the baby while I listen to it or drive to the office. So there's also to also consume information and then adapt that. I understand that you know reading a book maybe we have that and we always have the physical copy so whatever resonates we always go back to that and i love that process because it removes the friction from that massive goal and it pushes you through execution and you're literally rewriting you know your habits as you go through so thank you for breaking it down all the way down there because i think a lot of people just go and try to add as much friction as possible like how can i have this high-end production show if we're talking to the content's profit universe right and then they don't realize how much friction, how much work it needs to be done to get there. But if we want to yeah. get there, we can start, you know, a little bit slow and then continue to execute day in, day out. I agree. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm sure Jared, you didn't wake up one day and you were like, I'm going <laughs> to go to a CrossFit
0: competition. And, and the next day you were in there, you had to work your, yourself, you know, one day in, day yeah. out.
2: Yeah. Far from it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Jared, I have, this is we're getting closer to, to the end of today's episode, but I have a, A question about let me see if I can find the 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 part in the book that talks about kind of like building confidence and part of it it is going through your ideas, like actually taking action, right? And it is most people think that they know themselves pretty well. Oh no, wait. Wow, I lost the part. But it pretty much it it, it pretty much talks about I have an idea, but I don't follow through. And then your confidence goes down. And then you have another idea. You don't follow through your confidence goes go down. And you said action breeds confidence. I think that was the, the phrase that you yeah. use in the book. And, you know, when I read that, I saw myself identif- identified in, in that part of the book, right? Because I am, I definitely identify myself as an idea guy, mainly. Like I'm always like, dream fancy land just dreaming right (laughs) about the possibilities and like all these things i could do um for example the most recent one is i got obsessed with tennis i'm like (laughs) learning how to play tennis so i bought a racket i've been going to play and stuff like that but then after the hype is down sometimes i'm like okay let let me move into the next thing and i don't maybe i don't master it right sometimes i get to a place where i'm confident enough and i'm happy with where i got But a lot of the times I don't follow through enough and I'm like, oh, I just know the very basics and then I move on to the next thing. So I saw myself identify there in that part a lot. Right. I would personally like to follow through more of the ideas that I get. So what would be some of the maybe recommendations that you have or what what is something that you experience in your life that, you know, led you to build that confidence on following through with with all these ideas that you had?
2: So this is one of the biggest things that helps me uh, because people don't see all the all the tries, like all the like, for example, I hurt my back yesterday at the gym. I won't be able to work out for probably a week. Right. And so, like, I won't be posting about that. Um, So when people watch my videos of working out, they're like, oh, this guy's just always this strong or this fast. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I'm actually sometimes pretty bad. Therefore, my back hurts. Therefore, I need to take a break. That was a failed try for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so like people, Thomas Edison had over 7,000 tries before he came up with a light bulb, mm-hmm. right? And it's like if, if some of the greatest people in the world only tried at a few things, we wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have the iPhone. We wouldn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't have food delivery to your home, right? <laughs> we would still be in prehistoric times on yeah. horses, walking miles to work, to work manual labor jobs. So it's yeah. like I actually reflect on past failures of either other people or myself in order to encourage me to keep trying at things that I know are difficult. Mm. Um, for example, hurting my back. Like CrossFit is something that I want to take a nice college try at. Um, and to be a competitive CrossFit athlete is a huge thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a global sport and yeah. anybody yeah. can play, right? So the idea of being a competitive CrossFit athlete is like slender none. Um, I'm 31. Like I'm a little older than some of these guys. So hurting my back is easy for me to be like, you know what? I'm done trying to be a competitive CrossFit athlete. I have five herniated discs, but then I remember Matt Frazier got a fused spine. He's the five time champion of the CrossFit games. Right. Yeah. And then I think about other CrossFit athletes that have herniated discs. And I spend some time literally Googling it and I'm like, yeah. holy crap, this is really encouraging. These guys broken ankle, uh, You know surgery on his shoulder this thing happened when he was a kid and he's crushing it right and so it's like if they can do it why can't i yeah Um, so that really helps me and then reflecting on my own journey of being like i was 95 pounds when i got in high school i graduated at 135 Hmm. uh went on to be a competitive bodybuilder and got you know some pretty big awards there and so it's like i had I did those things. I can do this thing. Yeah. Um, So those really helped me. And I know that's not like measurable. It's not as quantitative as a lot of my normal advice, but it encourages me, man, to know that there are a ton of other normal human beings out there accomplishing some great feats. You still have a lot of failed tries along the way. Yeah. I I think,
1: I mean, you, you just said that it might not be measurable, but I think it is because now you'll be like, okay, you know, this is my idea. My process is I can find one or two people that you know that are there what happens right so i research okay well i found two perfect check yeah. right and then i reflect on my journey right and it's like okay what has taken me to get to this point check right and it's like okay i move forward right yeah. so you know we're always talking about these frameworks so i think that's that's good right because at the end of the day it's like what makes you take action so um i think this is pretty incredible like the the fact that you've designed a framework around that decision making to come mm-hmm. through and a, an idea, you can run any idea coming through and be like, okay, what happened? Am I actually willing to do this, right, to get to that point, right? For you, yes. Right, the other day, I think uh, maybe like a year ago, no, a few months ago, we were we come from soccer. So that's why we're here in the States because yeah. we, we got soccer scholarships, right? And uh, one of the frustrated dreams that we had was we didn't make it to a professional soccer. We were very close. You know, Fonzie was actually pro here in Jacksonville with the Armada. Mm-hmm. But it was like we see soccer and we're like, we still imagine, hey, how crazy would be. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, get our preseason done and let's go submit our videos to Macedonia or like crazy countries. We still play professional, right? And, uh, but now reflecting on your process is like okay these guys went through that i've come through here am i actually willing to do that like for example for me i have a two-year-old so that would be pretty challenging right first Mm -hmm. off to go to macedonia and play professional with a two-year-old and my wife is probably gonna be like heck no luis uh yeah Yeah. don't you're not allowed to do that right so then my process goes cut off but at least you have that framework to go through and be like okay that's feasible right am i willing to go and take action so i love that that i uh it's, it's highlighted here in the notes uh, to make sure that we can revisit this yep. every time. I, I, I got something something different from, from what you just shared, Jared, and
0: it was that we, as uh, I would dare to say, most people tend to go to the negative thought at first, right? They they By by default, we tend to see the, the things that we're doing wrong, the, maybe the things that we are not following through with instead of let's reflect on our wins, right? Let's build momentum by looking back and say, oh, wow, maybe I'm having a hard time right now, but guess what? I've done X, Y, and C to get here, right? And I, I think, again, going back to the journaling, that might be a huge part of it is reflecting and, and having on paper uh, pretty much a doc- documenting your little wins day in and day out and your challenges. Cause, so when you go back and see it, you actually realize that you've been doing pretty good. And since you were talking about Jim Collins, right, I was actually listening to a podcast with him and Brené Brown, and he was talking that he measures his days from negative two to two on whether he was productive, whether he had a good day or not, right? Every single day. I don't remember the timeline that he has done it for, but it was a very long timeline. So when he's, he he feels like he's down one of these days that he had a, a losing day, and I'm doing air quotes in here, instead of just getting on that mindset of beating yourself up, he goes back to the document and look at all the days that he has won, all the days that he scored perfect twos, and then he goes, wow, I'm actually in momentum here. I'm, I've actually yeah. done pretty well. Am I going to let one day, one little action take all this yeah. down right so yeah. it, it, it is pretty impressive i i definitely for those listening it's an invitation to be more aware on that right when you find yourself in that negative mindset is hmm have i actually you know done the work before do i have wins to celebrate and just an invitation to reflect on that yeah
2: yeah D- i
1: love it dude jared two last questions to wrap up the show this has been incredible time has flown my i'm like holy moly, <laughs> already done okay so one is, what is a good action point? And I'm going to take a stab here on journaling, probably, <laughs> that people can take to kind of cre- start creating that momentum, right? And if it's if it's journaling, let's develop a little bit more on that, like more specifics on how can we take action. And if some, something else that you want to mention, go ahead.
2: Well, yeah, uh, I didn't want this to be a journaling podcast, but I would say <laughs> go buy a journal. That's the first yes. action. Go spend your money on a $10, $15, $20 journal on Amazon. Question, question, Um,
0: Jared. I think you have your, don't you have your own uh, journal?
2: I do. Yeah, so I have the self-help journal. It's on Amazon or Etsy. Um, You don't need mine. Mine is guided, so it's definitely going to have some prompting questions for you. And the book prompts you to answer some of the questions that are in my journal. Um, But if, you know, you don't have to go buy mine. You can buy a blank a memo pad, whatever it is that you can sit down with a pen or a pencil and begin to write things down. And the second thing is set some goals for this year. Um, They have to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based, but set some goals this year because that's how you're going to measure growth.
1: Yes. Incredible. Awesome. Awesome. Easy peasy. I think there's, they cannot be Any friction? Like, there's no friction whatsoever on doing this. By the way, we're going to put the link on the journal right here in the description. All you got to do is scroll down and click there. And then last question, Jared. I know that you published. uh, Obviously, you publish, But you also have a show. Uh, You're all over the place. Where would you be if you did not publish? What do you mean? Like, where
0: where would you be if you didn't put your thoughts into words? If you didn't write the book? If you wouldn't created the the podcast to interview and connect with other people where would you be
2: i wouldn't be on this show (laughs) um like what would i be doing if i wasn't
0: yeah where would you be in your in, in your life do you think it has in a way affected the transition of your life
2: yeah um so the, the self-help book is really just a documentation on how I personally grow in my confidence, my competence, my character, my clarity, my connections, and my commitment, right? So, you know, it's always been said the best way to learn is to teach. And I'm a teacher at heart. So writing a book for me propelled me to a new level of self-growth because now I have to be far more integral with how I carry myself um, because I wrote a book about
1: it, yes. right? And so, <laughs>
2: Uh, over the past year, I've seen, I would say, significant milestones in my growth journey just from documenting the process on how I go about doing what I do.
0: Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, uh, now I'm gonna turn that into an invitation for those that are listening to document, right? Like what you're doing and your values and your growth, because in a way, I feel like it, it is—it's accountability. It turns into accountability too with the people that are watching. And like you said, an integral part of your life now, because you have to live up to what you're putting out into the world. Yep. So thank you so much. And and again, I want to invite people to go and get the book, the self-help book by Jared Graybill and read it, fill in the, the, the prompts inside of the book and connect with Jared. Jared, where can, where can they connect with you?
2: I'm most active on Instagram, so uh, Jared Axel Grabiel, A-X-L, from the lead singer of Guns and Roses, or you can check out my website, jaredgrabiel.com.
0: Awesome. And if they want to find the book, where can they buy the book?
2: Amazon's going to be your best bet. It's sold anywhere online that books are sold by Amazon for sure.
0: Awesome, man. Dude, yeah, thank you so much. This We, we had a blast. I honestly... Again, like my brother said, we've, we've, we've met you before in coffee shops and had small conversations, but I personally loved going deeper today.
2: I think it was, it was great. Likewise, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Awesome,
1: man. Awesome. Thank you. And with that, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at Base Co. That is right.
0: And if you find this episode impactful and you believe in what Jared talked about today and you want to keep growing, please don't forget to share it and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys.